biomarkers, bad stuff, the Lord is my shepherd, and getting up early in the morning. This is The Truth in Words and Music, Podcast 134. Hey there, Tony here. I'm glad to be back with you. And uh, this is the podcast 134, 134 podcasts I've done. Uh, that's pretty cool. I uh, I hope you're uh, having a great day, a great week, uh, a great first month of this 2016. It's hard to believe that the first month is already, what, two-thirds over with, I guess you could say, almost three, well, two-thirds over with. And... That just is weird. Mm. Time flies when you keep getting up every morning and going to bed at night, doesn't it? Uh, speaking of getting up early, that kind of takes me right to my first point here. Uh, maybe in the morning, well, let's say tomorrow morning that you get up and say this to God. I will seek you early. Have you ever said that to God? If you're not a Christian, I'm sure you haven't. But if you are, have you ever said that to him? I'll admit to you that I don't think I have um, before I got into this anyway. Um, there was a man named Isaiah, and I'm sure you know that he has a book in the Bible, and he wrote those words thousands of years ago, those words that say, I will seek you early. He was speaking of his desire to know and remember God always, and he said it like this, quoting, Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. Isaiah also understood how God's righteousness and judgments helped the inhabitants of the world to learn righteousness. The more we inhabitants learn righteousness, the less likely we are to want to harm others and ourselves. But do you see more or less righteousness in this world right now? Um, lately, I've been going through a book called Man in the Mirror by... Um, an author named Patrick Morley. I've been going through that with a group of fellow Christian guys on Thursday mornings. Uh, we meet early and discuss some of the finer points of how that man in the mirror should live. If you're a man, uh, I hope you know who that man in the mirror is, right? During one of the more recent meetings, we were talking about finances and how a Christian should approach money. I mentioned that in, in America, we don't actually have a financial crisis. We have a terrible heart condition. When a nation turns its back on the weakest and most vulnerable among us, unborn babies, it really doesn't matter how well any of us or all of us are doing financially, we're still morally bankrupt. And do you think for even a moment that God cares more about our fiscal responsibilities than he does about our life? So how does a nation that was once the beacon of God's grace and hope Become a country where Jesus isn't tolerated or welcomed in schools, places of business, and government. Simple. That nation determines its own laws to be above those of God. That nation says, my will be done on earth. That nation swears by self-righteousness. And so we have a failing heart. We don't seek God early or otherwise or any other time for for answers to the trials and tribulations America is experiencing, we don't seek Him. Instead, we make more 
laws. And in my writing in laws, I put that in quotations because we can't make laws. Only God can make laws. And we punish the innocent and tolerate the guilty. How's that working? That's not working. It's, it's like this. You're either part of the cause or you're part of the cure. It begins with you. And I'm saying this to the man in the mirror, too. Either you say to God, I will seek you early and the rest of the day, or you say, to mine own self, I will be true. But here's the thing. Both perspectives have eternal consequences for you and for some of those people within your circle of influence. If you truly care about your fellow human beings, will you stop and consider God's way today? I can guarantee you'll be glad you did. And uh, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If you hear some noise in the background, uh, that's my little dudes, my little dogs, the Labrador Retrievers, Zazo and Nestle. And uh, they just tend to have to be in the studio with me. And most of the time, they're pretty quiet. Maybe you've heard them before on these podcasts, maybe not. But uh, in fact, you may have heard him just then give a heavy sigh. Um, anyway, I hope you'll take that in the spirit that it's given. They're, they're just a couple of uh, knuckleheads who just making their old dog noises. They're each uh, almost 13, so it'll be 13 next month, as a matter of fact. So, you know, you get older, you make funny noises. What can I tell you? Let me get back to the points here. Um, you know, you know that verse in the Bible, the one that everybody knows as the Lord is my shepherd, right? Psalm 23. That uh, verse, is, that's been in movies, multiple movies. If you're a Christian, I'm sure you're familiar with it, right? Little kids know it as the Lord is my shepherd verse. It's actually beautiful lyrics to a beautiful song that King David wrote, uh, and he was writing it to his creator, God. I recommend that you, well, if you want to, you can pause listening to this and just look up the passage and go through it line by line right now. I'm willing to wait. Okay. Got that? All right, great. Well, I'd like to share a clip from one of my songs that I wrote to the Lord. I, I actually put the clip on my website at tonyfunderburk.com forward slash the Lord is my shepherd. Or just look for the Lord is my shepherd. You'll see a clip to it with this um, particular uh, set of lyrics uh, that I added in there. You can also listen to the whole song if you go to TonyFunderburk.com forward slash family friendly music. It's uh, a song called Your Love Restored My Soul. And it's based kind of on Psalm 22, the one right before The Lord is My Shepherd. And that particular psalm has a line in it that I start this song with. It says, From my mother's womb... You have been my God, even if I didn't always know it. And I've loved you since my salvation day, even if I didn't always show it. I believe your son is the only way to the life I know is never-ending. So I cast my lot with the King of kings, and his truth I trust is never-bending. Jesus, your love restored my soul. You gave your life to make me whole. I'd be a lifeless lump of coal. But Jesus, your love restored my soul. On my darkest days, I am not alone. You indwell me with your Holy Spirit. 
And your still small voice is an open book, and your grace is there if I draw near it. And in that open book is the one true God, and the words revolve around his story. And the words are turned into flesh and bone, and he shares with each of us his glory. Jesus, your love restored my soul. I hope you go give it a listen, and uh, let me know what you think. It's a praise and worship song. It was one that I used to sing in church when I was a uh, praise and worship leader there. And I still sing it uh, to my little labs here and my wife. And they're the only ones who listen to me now. Well, you know all that bad stuff going on in the world? I got news for you. Guess what? God's not doing it. He's not doing the bad stuff. Every day, and I mean every single day, all you have to do is get up and read or watch or listen to the news, and you realize the bad stuff is still happening. Yep. Wars, murders, rapes, stealing, lying, and the list goes on and on. There's no country, no continent, no place that's immune from all this. And since it's a worldwide epidemic, many people like to say either God is working some sort of master plan, or he's not interested, or he simply doesn't exist. And here's the thing, all three of those answers are incredibly incorrect. I expect people who don't believe in God, or those who even hate him, to say ignorant things, but it's pure silliness for Christians to make statements like, God is in control, or God has a plan and a reason for all this. If God is actually in control and is actually causing all the bad stuff to happen, then he's not a good, righteous, and holy God. And he's a terrible father. Why? Because a good father doesn't tell his children to do as I say and not as I do. And here's the good news. God isn't doing that because he is a good father. He is holy and righteous. And he doesn't tell us to be a certain way while he's being another. Why would God tell us not to do evil things and yet cause evil things to happen all around the world? He doesn't. This world isn't being controlled by God. And how could you possibly look around you and say it is? Why would you portray God to the world in, in such a way? It, it conveys a negative view to anyone who actually thinks and ponders. There's um, uh, an article I found uh, on, I believe, on the Christian Post website. And I'll take a little quick quote here from Brad Pitt. I'm sure you've heard of him. He said, As I became an adult, it doesn't work for me. And it, he's talking about, is Christianity. I got brought up being told things were God's way. And when things didn't work out, it was called God's plan. I've got issues with it. Don't get me started. I found it very stifling. See, that's... Brad Pitt's not a dummy. He's actually a pretty good actor. Um, but that's not, that's not a good thing. That's a terrible thing. And the way that he got there was Christians telling him when bad things happened, it was part of God's plan. Are you a Christian? If so, do you believe the Bible when it says Jesus will return one day and rule and reign for a thousand years here on earth? If you believe that, do you believe the earth will be filled with violence and every other horrible, sinful thing man, mankind can devise? 
Do you believe that? When he's ruling and reigning, do you think the world will be filled with violence and every other horrible, sinful thing that we can devise? Or don't you truly believe Jesus will make the world a better place? Of course he will. And that's when, let me repeat, that's when you'll know God is in control. Then there'll be no more war, no more unpunished crimes, no more evil men trying to rule the world, no more bad stuff. So if you're telling people God is in control, I hope you mean of your own personal life. Otherwise, will you please stop? Get back in his word. Read the writings of Paul. If you're not a Jew, Paul's writings are specifically for you. You'll discover how to rightly divide the word of truth, and you'll be a, a much better witness to a hurting world. Will you start today? Please. If not, why not? And I've got one last thing to share with you here. Have you heard of biomarkers? Well, my little um, biomarkers that are inside me um, told me that I am kind of in trouble. But I posted, who's afraid of some teeny tiny biomarkers, right? Uh, there's a, a functional medicine chiropractor friend of mine who I saw a few months ago, and he suggested I have a blood test. And it's known as the A1C or the HA1C uh, test. And he suggested I have that run so we could look more closely at what might be going on in my blood. He had some he had some um, guesses and some ideas, but he wanted to, you know, get in and uh, have a look at the blood, at, at what it would turn out to be. And it turns out things weren't so good. So when I got the lab results back, he went over them uh, with me. And uh, I got to tell you, I failed to stay within preferred levels for pretty much all of the five main biomarkers he recommends monitoring. Now, I'm going to share those markers with you and what their level should be, and I'll let you know what mine were. And I think it's important uh, to share this with you because this is something you might want to check out for yourself. The first biomarker is homocysteine. And um, that's a long word. It's just, uh, it just means, that, I mean, it's, it's the gold standard now that uh, it's a means for judging whether or not someone is at risk for uh, cardiovascular disease and incidents like that, stroke and things related to the heart. Healthy levels should show up in your results between four to eight, what they call umol L, umol forward slash L. That's the way it looks. And that's a symbol for micromole. And none of that means that much to me either. So if you want to look it up, that's fine. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll give you a link where you can check in with this doctor. He's great. When your levels fall within that range, the four to eight, you, you can kind of consider yourself fortunate and maybe healthy. My level was 17.8, way above the top level there. Okay, so uh, the second biomarker is what you'd see on a lab test as CRP or C-reactive protein. Now, this is a protein produced in the liver, and it's associated with inflammation. And truly healthy levels should fall between 0 milligrams forward slash L to the liter uh, and 0.5 milligrams to the liter. That's not much of a range, actually, because 
it should ideally uh, should ideally show up as zero. My level was 1.53. And the third biomarker is good old vitamin D. It's um, it's it's really cool how your body actually converts cholesterol derivatives in your body into vitamin D. And um, uh, you should note that your body creates cholesterol, so it's not actually a bad thing. Here's one of the main reasons why it does that. Healthy levels of vitamin D, uh, which is actually a hormone, by the way, should show up right around 50 ng forward slash ml, okay, nanograms to the milliliters. And the bare minimum recommended by uh, almost all doctors is 30 nanograms to the milliliter. My level was 20.7, way low. The fourth biomarker is hemoglobin AC1, which this whole test is kind of named after, HA1C or A1C. So uh, this indicates how much glycosylation is going on in your blood, and that's all about sugar binding to proteins. And like I say, I'm not going to get too technical or scientific on you here, just kind of giving you some standards to go by. Most standard testers say you're okay in the range between 4.8% and 5.6%. Uh, my doctor that I've been seeing about this says he gets nervous over 5.4%. My level was 5.6%. Not outlandish, but combined with my other high levels, not good. And then finally, the fasting insulin... Uh, has everything to do with insulin regulation. Fasting insulin is a biomarker uh, that's about insulin regulation. And while many labs say a level uh, lower than 25 uh, MIU to the liter is, they say that number is okay. Uh, some others say you shouldn't go above 8. And another source says an ideal decent range is between 2 and 5. My level was 100, mm, pretty far above all of those. So, okay, I, I miserably failed the five biomarkers, so I'm in trouble. But does being in trouble mean you throw your hands in the air and give up? Well, certainly not. What you do is you find out the adjustments you need to make in your lifestyle and your emotions and your diet, and I recommend your spiritual life. You find out what you need to make, what kind of adjustments you need to make, and you make them. And for a Christian, the primary response should be to ask God for wisdom and discernment and for strength to follow through. I've done that, and I'm continuing to do that. I'm also fortunate to have a beautiful health coach living with me. Ha-cha-cha! She's my wife. So, uh, I want, like I said, I would share the a link. It's um, for a more... Uh, for a, a much more in-depth look at these biomarkers and um, a lot more of the valuable health info, check out Dr. Kurt. Um, his website is morehealthlesshealthcare.com. I love that. Morehealthlesshealthcare.com. So what about you? Have you had your five main biomarkers checked lately? If you're Above the age of 40, I really, really recommend you do that. Even if you're not quite 40, go get them checked. 
You can get started earlier than I did on changing things around so you can stay healthy. I was always a very active and what I thought very healthy guy. But, you know, you find out that your, um, your makeup or the way that you're currently made up be uh, due to your lifestyle and choices, it, it can get you unhealthy pretty fast. So it's good to, um, to know your numbers and not be afraid of those teeny tiny biomarkers. That's going to line it up for me this week on the Truth in Words and Music podcast, episode 134. As always, I really, really, truly appreciate your support. Uh, it means the world to me. I'd like you to share my words of music with anyone and everyone you can. Uh, tell them they can go to Amazon.com and Smashwords.com and find my books. You can also find them on my website. Um, some of them, maybe more than half of them, you can find on my website. That's TonyFunderburk.com. Uh, a great way to support is subscribe to this podcast and leave me a review. Tell uh, iTunes how fantastic this guy is or whatever you feel that you should share. That's fine. You can circle me on Google+. Plus. You can follow me on Twitter. You can watch my videos on YouTube. And, yeah, once again, you can find me on Facebook. I was off there for a little while, but uh, I'm back on there due to some requests and all of those places, just look for my name, Tony Funderburk. Starts with fun. F-U-N-D-E-R-B-U-R-K. TonyFunderburk.com. Until next time, this is Tony, and may God bless you and keep you. <laughs>